0: and take our bibles and we're going to continue our study on what just what is the golden rule about and uh, again as we study this uh, passage of scripture and the ones that complement it again encourage you to try to seek to practice what the golden rule is about as i mentioned last week again the golden rule is simply doing unto others as you would have them to do to you Uh, again uh, someone said where did this expression the golden rule come up with I don't know for sure, but it came into being, uh, again, at least according to my, my searches on the Internet, around the 15th and 16th century, where uh, this this uh, name for this passage of Scripture came into being. And so, again, we're going to turn over to Luke chapter 6 and uh, verse number 31 through verse number 36. We'll look at some verses before that and also uh, after that here this morning as we consider here just what is the golden rule about and uh, let's begin there in verse number 31. The Bible says, as ye, uh, And as ye, as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. And again, that's the golden rule there in verse 31. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. If you do good to them which do good to you, What thank have you, for sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them whom you hope to receive, what thank have you, for sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and you shall be called the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil for ye be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful i'll just stop there as we consider this morning some thoughts on the golden rule let's go ahead and pray as we consider this passage father thank you again for this uh, time we can meet again thank you again for the privilege that we have uh, to be in a country that is at peace father we pray for those in israel and and ukraine and russia and other places around the world that are going through some very difficult times i pray that you would Again, help those that are Christians there to uphold the faith and to stand with the word of God and help us here in this country where we have peace to be able to seek to be a, to a light uh, to this dark world. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. As so we consider thoughts, again, on the golden rule, you say, why spend so much time maybe on this thought? Uh, the reason why I would do this, and again, someone says... Uh, Uh, why haven't you done this before, is because I've thought about this a lot lately. As you think about the golden rule, the Old Testament counterpart, and I mentioned this last week, is in Leviticus chapter 19, verse number 18, where the last part of the verse says, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. What might someone say about the golden rule? Well, I practice the golden rule. Someone might say that, or someone says, I might struggle practicing the golden rule. The basic premise of the golden rule is treat others the same way that you want to be treated, not necessarily treated with the same treats or treated with the same uh, things, but uh, with the same kind of expressions that the golden rule is about. And so I want to consider here again this morning, these expressions of the golden rule or the uh, dimensions, if you would, of the golden rule. And uh, again, if I was to ask someone here who was here last week and heard this message, if I asked you what is the first principle of the golden rule, what is the first principle of the golden rule? First principle of the golden rule is to practice kindness as a rule. First principle of the golden rule is to practice kindness as the golden rule. We see this expressed in this passage of Scripture as it goes into talking about this golden rule and how, is it, how it is expressed. We back up to verse number 27. Verse 27, it says, But I say unto you, which hear? Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth you on one cheek, offer also the other. Him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid him not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. As you would that men would do unto you, do you also to them likewise. Someone says, how can I express? Kindness. Well, it shows you in this passage, especially from verse 27 down to verse number 38, ways in which we can practice kindness. We looked at last week this idea of seeking to love and to bless, as it mentions there in verse number 27. It mentions in verse number 31, it mentions to give. Even if someone would take something from you, just simply give it to them. So what is the golden rule about? First of all, it's about Practicing kindness, showing kindness to others even if they aren't kind. As you see in this passage of Scripture, verse number 29, And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy cloak also. It's to practice genuine kindness to people that aren't even kind to you. It's to show kindness when it's difficult to be kind. Someone takes something from you. Our, our, our natural tendency is we want it back. If we borrow something to, to someone else, we want to get it again. It mentions there in verse number 30, Give unto every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. Show kindness when it's difficult to be kind. You know, I've had different times in my life where I've loaned out money, and I've done that uh, here and there. And I'm not here to brag, but I'm just to illustrate. And you know, it's hard sometimes when you give someone money and they tell you point blank, and especially if they claim to be a Christian, they say, "I'm going to pay you back again." And you wonder what you should do with that person because maybe there's a timeline involved, and you know, they say, "You know, at the end of the month or whatever it might be, I'll I'll pay you back," and and they don't. They simply don't. What do you do in those situations? Well, I'll normally, at least the first time, I'll, I'll remind them that they should pay me back because they said they would. And I also look at the, uh, the principle in the Bible, the wicked boweth and payeth not again. And I, I think about these t- kinds of, of things and I, and I say, you know, I'll, I'll ask them again. And I've done this. I've done this in more than one time in my life. And I've done it sometimes repetitive times. Just ask someone to pay again. In fact, in one case of someone I borrowed them some money, it was a considerable amount of money. They, I thought they really needed money. And they probably did need money. I gave them the money and it was a considerable amount of money. And I, and I, and I told them as I gave them the money, I, I doubt whether you'll pay me back. And they said, this was a Christian, or at least claimed to be a Christian. I doubt you'll pay me back. And I, and, I said, and I said to him, I hope you'll pay me back, and I wish you'll pay me back. And then he, this guy, cited to me this passage of Scripture, the wicked borroweth and pay it down again. I'm not going to not pay back. And he said, a preacher. And I said to myself, it doesn't matter for me if I'm a preacher or whoever it might be. I just want you to pay it back. If you're going to borrow someone some money, pay it back. It's just the right thing to do. And he said, yeah, I'll pay you back. You know what I did? I did like I did with a a number of cases there. I'll remind them to pay me back. You know, he said as soon as he got home, he'd pay me back. And, uh, And then I'll remind them again to pay me back. And then I'll remind them a third time to pay me back. And then I'll be like I am today. I'm done. I'm not going to ask them to pay me again. And it's based on, again, if someone takes something from you, which is what basically has happened, you don't ask them again and again in that situation. Yes, do I hope someday they'll pay me back? Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But again, the golden rule is about practicing kindness to someone who maybe hasn't been kind or hasn't done something that's right. It's just show, again, kindness when it's difficult to be kind. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. How can you do that? Well, we looked at some of these thoughts here last week. How can you practice kindness? Well, you've got to be tender hearted. And uh, the Bible mentions here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 32 it says, And be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for your Christ's sake hath forgiven you. How can you be kind? You need to be tender hearted, and you need to be willing to forgive. And again, I've, I've talked to people, sometimes you can forgive, and it's impossible sometimes for us to forget as, as individuals. But we, see, we need to seek to love. As it mentions here back in Luke chapter uh, 6, verse number, <clears throat> verse number 27, Love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them that despitefully use you. And so, again, I I mentioned, again, kindness last week. And that's the first principle of following the golden rule. And I'll talk just a little bit about that New Testament expression of, again, this kindness that we've seen in the New Testament in Acts chapter 28. Let's go over there, Acts chapter 28. And you say, how can I express kindness? I can express kindness by just doing things that would just be naturally right for you to do or good for you to do. Acts chapter 28 and, and verse number 1, the Bible talks about uh, Paul and his companions being shipwrecked, 240-some individuals being shipwrecked there in Acts chapter 28. And it says And when they were escaped, they knew that the island was at Melita. The barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold, and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And we read through this passage here last week, but we see again a shipwreck take place. And uh, we see some strangers cast on an island. And it's mentioned in the Bible, that island is, is Melita, verse number uh, one there. And so they're, they're shipwrecked on the island. The, the island is Melita. And someone says, what happens there The Bible talks about in verse number seven that they were blessed on that island. It says, and in the in the same quarters were the possessions of the chief men of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And uh, you see there them being blessed on this island by strangers on this island, people that didn't know them at all in Acts chapter twenty eight. Again, these uh, individuals are, are, are described as being barbarous people. And that's just another name in general for someone who's a heathen, someone who's not saved by grace, someone that is not a Christian. And certainly, again, we could define it further, but it really doesn't matter who these kind of people are, but they, they help these individuals with a fire. They help them with food. They help them with provision. They help 200, and as I mentioned there last week, there are 240 uh, 276, sorry, 76 people. Verse number 37 says that. 203 score and 16 souls. They take care of 276 souls on this island. These strangers do, helping them out and uh, being a blessing to them. And uh, Paul there, as a result, stays there for three days. It mentions there in verse number seven. Then verse eight, it says, and it came to pass that the father previously lay sick of the fever and a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So do you see with Paul. Paul turns around and shows kindness to those who showed kindness to him. Paul helped those that had helped him. And he healed those that had helped him. And it mentions verse number, seven, uh, verse number nine. So, this was done. Others also, which, were, which had diseases on the island, came and were healed. And uh, verse 10 says, Whom also honored us with many honors. And when they departed, they laden on us such things which were necessary. And then it says in verse number 11, it says, And after three months we departed in a ship to Alexandria. And so Paul stayed on this island. He was courteously entreated on this island. He's blessed on this island. And so we see again the principle of following or practicing the golden rule was practiced both by these strangers who were unbelievers and by Paul and his company. You know, it's popular to say, "I, I follow the golden rule. It's popular to say that. I do unto others as I would have them do to me. And I want to ask you, again, you that heard this message about the golden rule and the first principle of of kindness, did you seek to show kindness to someone this last week? Did you think about, it's it's needful for me to show kindness as a Christian? Even as an unbeliever in this passage, you see them show kindness, and people say, well... You know, our unbelievers, they can't do anything that's good, etc. Well, I, I can say from this passage of scripture that Paul said in verse number two, it says, And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. Just what is the golden rule about is seeking to practice kindness, it's to be someone known for their kindness. Are you known for your kindness? Am I known for my kindness? That's what practicing the golden rule is about. Well, let's go back to our text there, Luke chapter 6. If we want to know what the golden rule is about, we need to certainly learn from the Lord Jesus Christ. He talks about here the golden rule. And what is the golden rule about? It's about showing kindness, loving, and blessing, and giving to those who maybe are not kind to you or who will not bless you, even if you're a blessing to them. It's about giving back to someone, maybe something... Uh, giving someone something more than they uh, took from you. It mentions that in verse number uh, nine there. It talks about, again, someone hurting you in verse number 29, and, and then you allowing them maybe to smite the other cheek also. And then and then it mentions there taking away that cloak, and so they might steal your coat or just simply uh, rend your coat from you and say, I want that. And, and then you say, giving your coat also. And so... What is the golden rule about? It's first about kindness. We see that to begin with here in this passage. In verse number 32 and following, I want to say secondly, the golden rule is about showing mercy and patience. It's about showing mercy and patience. Verse 32, it says, For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love them that love them. If you do good to them which do good to you. What thank have ye? For sinners also do the same. Again, you see in this passage of scripture, you know, really, it's not hard to love people that are like you. It really isn't. I mean, it mentions there that that sinners love sinners, and you love them. Christians love Christians. Verse thirty-two, and then verse number thirty-three. It says. And if you do good to them, that do good to you. So you have, there's individuals that do good to you and you do good to them. We all know people like that. It says, what thank have you? For sinners also do the same. They do good to those that do good to them. I mean, even in a gang situation, (laughs) it doesn't matter how bad the situation, people will, will do good to those that maybe they like to do good to. But the golden rule isn't about doing good just to those that, that you would do good to. It goes beyond that. In fact, it says in verse 34, it says, if you lend to them which you hope to receive, what thank have you? You know, I'll lend to some people. I'll lend to my kids. I'll lend to my brothers. I'll lend to, I would lend to my mom and dad. I would lend to probably people in the church. I would lend to a lot of different people in life and, and people will lend hoping to receive again. What thank have you? For sinners lend us sinners to receive as much again. But it says this in verse 35. Here's what sets it apart. But love your enemies and do good. And lend hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. There's certainly a difference here in, again, expressing, expressing the golden rule. It's about showing mercy, and it's certainly a, a, a one of showing patience and long-suffering and, and goodness to those who, who really don't deserve it. Verse 35, but love your enemies. That's hard to do, isn't it? Love your enemies. Do you have anybody in your mind that you can say, I know this person and they're my enemy? They're not my friend, they're not an acquaintance, but they're an enemy. The Bible says, Love your enemy and do good, and lend hoping for nothing. Here, someone says, You're helping the enemies. Someone might say, well, that would be like uh, helping the other side. And your reward shall be great. Verse 35. I just want to stop there. I wonder how many would, you know, we can talk about rewards and rewards that Christians are given and can be given. You know, cast their crowns and and, uh, having rewards after this life. How many would get rewards for loving their enemy? doing good to their enemy, lending to their enemy, hoping for nothing again. Again, this is about practicing mercy. Your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. We don't have time here this morning to to look at this Old Testament expression, but I'd encourage you to do this as a Bible study. Look at Elisha and what he did to his enemies. Look it up. It's in the Old Testament. Look at Elisha and what he did to his enemies. I'm not saying Elijah, because Elijah brought down fire upon his enemies. But look at Elisha and what he did to his enemies. If I was to ask you in a trivia question, what did Elisha do to his enemies? I, I would guess if you've been here long enough, you've heard about that before. But if you haven't heard of it before, let me encourage you to look at what Elisha did to his enemies. What did he do to his enemies? I'll just tell you, he did good to his enemies. He did good to his enemies. And maybe next week, maybe one of you guys can share with me what Elisha did to his enemies. And you can look at how he showed mercy to his enemies. You know, when it comes to the golden rules, it's, it's about showing mercy, it's about loving our enemies, it's about lending to our enemies, It's doing good to our enemies, hoping for nothing. It's not going to gain us a thing by doing it. It's just going to be a blessing to them. You know, we often as Christians forget about mercy. Do we not? What do you think about a lot of times as a Christian? Justice. Don't you? Don't I? We often do. You know those terrorists that went into Israel and and did these things to these these enemies of theirs and and killed these individuals? Let's get justice. Let's kill every single Hamas terrorist that we can find. Isn't that what we think? We often think that way. And I'm not saying that's right. I I believe the the government is given to punish the evildoer. And so if the government of Israel decides we're going to punish the evildoer and we're going to go after the evildoer, they're not bound by the scriptures necessarily to do what they're supposed to do, but they're really supposed to, they're bound to their citizens to punish the evildoers. And so if they say in their government, hey, I want us to exterminate every single Palestinian terrorist, it's their right if they want to, to do that as a government. So someone says, well, what's the Christian to do? Christians to show mercy. You know, after World War II, what did, what did America do to Germany? And what did it do to Japan? Anybody answer that? Did they give them justice after the war or did they show them mercy? They showed them mercy. What is mercy about? Let me define mercy for you because we are to be merciful as our Father is merciful. We're to reflect the character of God in our life. What is mercy? It is to show benevolence, mildness, tenderness of heart, To overlook injuries or ill treatment by an offender. Merciful means to have or express mercy or compassion, tenderness, pity, to forgive offenses, to be unwilling to punish injuries. We often think of terms of justice. And there is a side of justice, and justice deserves justice, but it's God that is to give good justice, and he is to rend out justice. Let's turn back to Exodus chapter 23. You say, how could I express like being a being good to my enemy? How how could I do that? I mean, maybe there's someone who's an enemy of Christianity and they're. They're outward, they're vocal, they're verbal about all these things. Well, what should I do to them? Should I go down there and and chew them out or beat them up or try to destroy their property or or go to the abortion clinic and maybe try to shoot someone or hurt someone? Is that the right expression for a Christian? No, that's not even close to the expression that we should, as Christians, show to our enemies. Exodus chapter 23 and verse number 4, this is what, uh, being a blessing or enemy might look like in Old Testament times, Exodus 23, verse number four. It says, If thou meet thy enemy's ox or his ass going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. If, if, if you see one of the animals go astray, what would be the right thing to do, the Christian thing to do? Bring that animal back to them. Be a friend to them if they're your enemy, you're to be their friend. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 24. There's a lot of different expressions of this in the Old Testament. So I just want to look at a few of them. And then we'll get back to our text there in Luke chapter 6. Because I think, you know, we've used Luke chapter 6. And uh, there's especially one expression there that we use there. uh, And we don't really put it in context. We don't even think about the context. We just like the verse where, what it says. and, And again, the principle maybe behind it. But uh, notice here in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 17. Proverbs 24, verse 17. It says, Rejoice not when thy enemy falleth, and and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. Rejoice not when thy enemy falleth, and let not thy heart be glad when he stumbleth. No, we can can wish sometimes, and that's certainly not when we're having the mind of Christ. We can wish that maybe our enemy will get tripped up or fall or be hurt as maybe a result of their actions or activities. But we are not to be glad when someone stumbles, even if it's our enemy. Verse number seven, we're not to rejoice when the enemy falls. Again, when we think about just what is the golden rule, it's about showing mercy and patience to those that maybe do not even deserve it at all. Back to our text there, Luke chapter 6. Again, the context of the golden rule, again, encourage us to certainly show kindness, to love, to bless, and to give. It mentions here in our text also, in verse number 35, again, to show mercy, And I want to read as we continue after verse 35, because a lot of times we'll stop there and we'll say, oh, that's the end of the golden rule. No, that's not the end of the golden rule. Verse 35, But love your enemies, do good to them that land, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be children of the highest, for he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Can you just stop there before I read on? He's kind. Our Father's kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. It goes on and I believe tells us how to show this mercy. Judge not that you be not judged. Condemn not that you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give to your bosom for with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured unto you again. You know, what is the context of giving? You know, I've often preached this message when it comes to giving to missions or giving in general. Look at verse 38. Give and it should be given to you. And someone says, well, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Give and you're going to get a reward, it says there. And... uh and, and and it'll be given to you again, and it'll run over, and, and, and men will give to your bosom, for with the same measure you meet with all, you should measure it again. But really, what's the context of this, really? I think it goes back to verse 35, but love your enemies, and it mentions there in verse number 30, so be therefore merciful. Just what is the golden rule? It's about showing mercy. And it's about, again, giving to those who don't deserve it. It's about... Not judging and not condemning and not and again being willing to forgive those that need forgiveness. How should we deal with the criminal or the ex con? Hey, there's all kinds of them in our in our society. There are all kinds of different people again they are walking our streets today that have been in jail before, and they're they paid their, their price in jail or whatever it might be, or the courts have decided what they're going to do and and again, someone says, what, what should we do with that individual who's, who's now in this society and is now set free and he's living in this society? What should we do with them or her? We should show them mercy. Just like we would want mercy. We should show them grace. We should show them patience. We should show them love. We should show them kindness. On and on it goes. So we looked at our text. Again, I want to consider here this morning, if you turn over to Matthew chapter 18, as we did last week, we considered one example, mainly of kindness. I want to consider one example here of the New Testament of mercy. And I want you to think through this story. We often go through this story rather quickly. It's a parable. It's a parable of a king, and it's a parable about his servants. But I want to read through it. And again, hopefully you're familiar with it. But again, we'll just pick up in Matthew chapter 18. And uh, we'll start in verse number 21, Matthew 18, verse number 21. In our, in our text, so we, we just looked at it, talked about forgiving. Judge not, condemn not, forgive. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, the Bible says, Then came, to P, came uh, Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times... Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but unto seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and his children and all that he had in payment to be made. And the servant therefore fell down and and worshiping him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will repay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owned him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him, And took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pray thee all. And he would not, but went out and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servant saw what was done, which were very sorry, and came and told that to the Lord, all that was done, then his Lord, after he had Called, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldst thou not also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him unto the tormentors till he should pay all that was due to him. So likewise, my, fa- my, my Heavenly Father, do also to you if you from your hearts. Forgive not everyone his brother his trespasses. Again, there's a long text, and again, maybe we'd spend more time on this text sometime, but I just want to introduce you to a text that's, a text that, that that tells us again at least some things about mercy and grace. Again, it's a great text in the Bible that talks about mercy and grace because, first of all, it talks about a kingdom. And it mentions again this kingdom, not just being in any kingdom, but in verse twenty-three it says, "Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which had taken account of his servants." And so, again, we're talking about the kingdom of God. And so, who's the king of the kingdom of God? Who's the king of the universe? Jesus. And so, again, it's a, really a king, a, a, a parable about a kingdom. And a lot of times, you look at these parables, you say, "What's the purpose of this parable?" It's a parable to show us about mercy, pity, and grace. Mercy, pity, and grace. There's a king. He has servants. And again, the Bible mentions he has servants. His servants. Verse number 23. Verse 24. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Now, we'll read these, um, you know, these. Uh, money amounts, or whatever it might be in the Bible, like verse 24, it says 10,000 talents. And, and we don't have any idea what that's talking about. In general, we don't. I mean, it doesn't say $10,000, does it? No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say 10,000, you know, like this, that, or the other thing. It, says, it simply says 10,000 talents. Now, I just want to just, first of all, consider what is a talent. A talent is something that weighs about 75 pounds. You know, one day there's going to be rain down from heaven, hail that is the weight of a talent. Can you imagine what that hail is going to be like? It's going to be heavy. It's killer hail. That's coming someday. I just want to mention that. I'm not mentioning here to scare anybody, but that's going to come someday on this earth, through the tribulation period, talent, Uh, well, again, hail that weighs a talent is going to come down and it's going to crash upon this earth and it's going to kill cattle and beasts and fields and all that kind of stuff. But I just mentioned that maybe hopefully to get you to to visualize what a talent is. That's one talent. 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. That's a massive debt. That's a debt that none of us could ever repay. I mean, it says, he, it says in verse 25, it says, but for as much as he had not to pay. There is absolutely no way that he could pay back this debt. Of course, he says, I'll, I'll make payment and, and that sort of thing. And, and again, the servant says, you know, I've got this massive debt and I'll make payment, but it's a massive debt. What is 10,000 talents equal today? I just know it's a massive amount of money. If that was silver... And most people claim, I mean, you look at the commentaries; they say that's silver. Can you imagine having 10,000 talents of silver? If I had 10,000 talents of silver, I wouldn't have to work again. If you had 10,000 talents of silver, you wouldn't have to work again. An ounce of silver is $20 or so. An ounce. But imagine having 73 pounds of silver times 10,000 you would never have to work again. I mean, some people have estimated, again, this debt to be in the millions of dollars. And I would guess it is. Multi-millions of dollars, 10,000 talents. This, this person owed his Lord. How did he get so far into debt? I have no idea you could get that far in debt. But again, it mentions him owing 10,000 talents. A massive amount. And he doesn't have money to pay. Verse 26, the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him. Worshiped him. That gives him an idea who this Lord is, is Jesus. Saying, Lord, I I have patience with me and I'll pay thee all. And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. And so, really, someone, what does this represent? It represents the King, the Lord Jesus Christ. It represents sinners. It represents sinners having a debt that they can't pay, and Jesus is being willing to, by compassion, forgive the debt, loose them from the debt. Not like me trying to seek a debt, or getting paid back again. I'll try a few times. No, just simply forgiving the debt. It goes on and says in verse number twenty-eight. There's another servant. This is a servant of that. Uh, again a friend of that servant again it mentions that in verse number 28 it says and the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence and he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat saying pay me thou owest.' and his fellow servant fell down his feet and besought him and said have patience with me and i'll pay thee all and he would not and he went and cast him into prison that he should pay his debt so here we have three characters. Here we have the Lord Jesus Christ represented as King. We have a servant who has a massive debt that he's forgiven. We see another earthly servant who owes just a minor debt, a hundred pence. You know, a hundred pence is something you could pay back. Hundred pence really isn't that much. We talked about a pence before. What's a pence in general? It's a day's wages. It's a soldier or servant's day's wages in those days. hundred pence is basically three months of wages. So this guy is behind on debt. He's behind in three months of money, so to speak. You know, say whatever that might be. Let's just throw out a figure just for fun. Say he's behind ten to fifteen thousand dollars. All kinds of Americans are in that kind of a debt right now. They own $10,000, $15,000 or something like that. I'm not saying that's what 100 pence is, but it's, it's three months wages, whatever that might be. might be a lot less depending on who it is. might be, you know, 5000 or whatever. I don't know exactly what the number is, but it's basically behind in 100 days of wages. Something you could pay back. Certainly something one could pay back over time. But we have this earthly servant, and he's been forgiven a massive debt. And along he goes, as soon as he's been loosed to this debt, he goes out and finds another servant that owes him just a very insignificant amount of money. He doesn't own him a talent. He owns him 100 pence, which isn't that much. And we see God here represented as being merciful, forgiving Again, debts that are massive when we see again individuals coming along sometimes and seeing smaller debts and they're certainly not willing to loose them of it. Verse thirty said thirty it says, and he would not they went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt so when the when his fellow servants saw what was done, fellow servants sorry saw, saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told. Unto the Lord all that had been done, and so there's some other servants, and these are all servants of the Lord, and so there's a servant who owned a lot of money, there's a servant again who's been cast in the prison, there's these fellow servants that go to the Lord and and say, you know, this is what happened. It says in verse thirty two, it says, then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all thy debt. Because thou desirest me, shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? You know, that's very gracious of that Lord there saying, you know, you should have shown compassion. You should have shown mercy. You should have shown grace. You should have maybe been willing to forgive. I mean, you just bring forgiveness on a lot of things, and you come along you find this servant that holds you, and you ask him to pray, pay that debt, and he says, I can't do it, and you throw him in prison. We see a merciful king. We see a merciless servant. And we see the need to forgive. Verse 34, it says, And his Lord was wroth and delivered him on the torments till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my... Heavenly Father, do also unto you if you from your heart forgive not one his brother their trespasses. You no, know, this, this parable is about mercy, and I'm not going to be able to take time to look at it and uh, consider all the facets of it, but uh, I mean, there's just lessons to be learned from this parable about mercy. You know, we have the ability to show mercy in a massive degree. Did you see that here? In a massive degree, we can show mercy and grace. Again, we see this Lord here, willing to forgive just a massive amount of debt. We can, we can do that. That can be done. The Lord can do that. The Lord has done that. And, and we can forgive debts. In verse number 33, sure as that now also have compassion on a fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. Uh, we have the ability to, to forgive uh, minor debts or, uh, maybe not so major debts. You know, again, we think about, again, the, the debt of sin that we have against the, the Lord and those sorts of things. That's a debt we can't repay. But God is willing to forget that debt. This, this parable teaches us about our willingness to forgive. It's a parable, again, given specifically, I believe, to a large degree to Peter encourage him to forgive. Verse 21, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brothers sin against me and I forgive them? Uh, till seven times, and Jesus saith unto him, not unto thee, till seven times, but till seventy times seven, therefore shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto a certain king. Teaching Peter a lesson about death. Teaching us a lesson about death. Mercy is to be given to those that ask us for it. Mercy and forgiveness certainly should be given to those that need it. And mercy, if it's just a small amount of mercy or forgiveness that we need to forgive somebody else should be given to those that need it. I think about this parable, I think about How many times do we not show mercy like we should? Let's turn back to uh, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. You know, there are ways to express mercy, and mercy and kindness, they kind of cross over. They kind of cross over, but mercy to me is greater than kindness. And again, I may be wrong on that, the dynamics of that, but I'm just saying, the dynamics of mercy is showing kindness to a greater degree. You know, it's one thing, again, to, to show a little kindness. But it's a whole different story to show mercy. Mercy is about someone hurting you or doing something against you. And you, you seeking to be a blessing to them. Again, back in our text there, verse 27, it says, But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, bless them that curse you, pray for them that despitefully use you. And on him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And to him that taketh away that coat, forbid him not to take that coat also. Give to every man that asketh, and him that t- taketh away that goods, ask them not again." You see the verse number 31, you see someone steal from you. It takes away the goods, don't ask for them again. That's mercy. Loving your enemies, doing good, praying for those that despitefully use you and abuse you. Again, the Bible encourages us to show mercy and to show patience with individuals that need our patience if someone messes up, what are you going to do next week, tomorrow, next month? Someone, you know, messes up their life. What are we going to do with them? Are we going to show them forgiveness, compassion, mercy, grace? Or are we going to say let's throw them in a prison? Throw them in a prison till it can be paid. It's our choice on what we do. This is what the golden rule is about. Let's close as we consider the word of God here this morning.